Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Rachel Eddy. She wanted to talk about inclusivity and etiquette in old-time sessions, which we sometimes touch on in this show, but Rachel approaches the topic with a lot more nuance and intention, and I really appreciated what she had to say. We also talk about the value of happy, dorky chestnuts, being tricked into playing old-time guitar, how to subconsciously trigger fiddlers to tune their fiddles, uh, the Mummers, Ron Buchanan's Spirit Animal, Walker, Texas Ranger, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and uh, what to do about djembe players who just want to jam. If you want to support Get Up In The Cool and get some awesome rewards, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. One of the rewards for regularly supporting the show is access to Get Up In The Cool's weekly bonus tracks. This week's bonus track is Dance All Night With A Bottle In Your Hand, which we recorded at like 3 in the morning, and there may or may not have been bottles in our hands preceding that, so, you know, we played it the way it was meant to be played, you should hear it. Stick around after the interview to find out how to hear more of Rachel's music, because there's a lot of it out there, and it's all great. Here's my jam and chat with Rachel Eddy. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Rachel Eddy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so happy to have you here in Jay and Mara's house. Thanks, Jay and Mara. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Jay and Mara White. Uh, yeah, so it's, um, what is it, 1 o'clock in the morning? 1.30, yeah. 1.30? Yeah, post-jam. Post-jam. This is probably the latest and most alcohol that I've had recording one of these. <laughs> Full disclosure. But you have like a half a gallon coffee cup now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now it's yeah competing medicine going on right now. We're just going to play faster and faster. Yeah, it's a strange combination of um, I can't think and I'm, I'm very hyper hyperactive. And it feels good. So <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you uh, had an interesting theme that you wanted to talk about. You wanted to talk about uh, jam etiquette and inclusivity in old time music. And uh, when I asked you what tunes you wanted to do, you said, well, given that it's about inclusivity and, um, and jam etiquette, how about I don't tell you what the tunes are <laughs> and you don't prepare so that we can make sure that it's something that's uh, um, more accurate to a normal jam setting. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we haven't, uh, well, we played through maybe one of these, but uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the organic nature of the jam. Yeah, it it'll be more like that. So if I if you rehearsed everything, then it would be a performance. Yeah, right. So jamming is my my favorite part about old time music. It is. I mean, I perform music for a living, but I I love the connective nature of um, people in the music. You know, we we get together and trade tunes and listen for a change. You know, we're yeah. I just like that that connectivity and that group transcendence that comes in an old time jam. Yeah. Do you think that you would like jamming as much if you if you weren't a professional performer? Yes. Yes? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that some sort of trap question? I was just like, you know, I was just talking to, do you know Carl Barron? Hmm. Um, uh, this guy does, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he was a biochemist and I was asking him, you know, like, does... Does having a career in biochemistry, does that, does the way you think, you know, in that affect the way that you approach the music? And he's like, no, it was total, um, this is how I cope with being a biochemist, right. is sort of how he said it. <laughs> and, it, you know, since he's retired, he's like, yeah, maybe since I retired, maybe that's crept in, that a little bit of that analytic, you know, has crept into it. So I'm always curious, like, yeah, why people are interested in old time music and whether it's a um, whether it's sort of an undercurrent to everything they, th that they do, or whether it's sort of a way to get away from something else, like a, is it a yin and yang, or is it? There is you know? definitely some yin and yang, but I I yeah. play guitar yeah. primarily for my living. Uh, it just turned out that way; it was a coincidence. Um, but I play guitar in a a band from Pittsburgh called the Early Maze, and I play a little bit of fiddle and a little bit of banjo, but mostly guitar. Yeah. Uh, and I just have moved recently to the D.C. area, and I'm playing with Brad and Ken Kalodner, playing guitar also quite yeah. a lot. A little yeah. bit of fiddle, which is mm -hmm. nice, um, but it, it's it's guitar, lots of guitar. Yeah. No one ever pays me to play the banjo. That's kind of sad, because <laughs> um, it's really like the instrument that I love to play the most. But with old-time tunes, you know, I'm playing fiddle, and that's yes. my first instrument and my first love, so it jamming really allows me to kind of get to my roots and yeah and do what i originally started out doing in music yeah quick aside early maze 
won first place clifftop this year neotrad right <laughs> yeah that was amazing <laughs> that was really just amazing and, and yeah. humbling uh, absolutely i'm not a competitive person by nature and uh, they said oh we'll come down and, and we'll enter the contest uh, yeah. it was emily's birthday and uh, she just you know we were excited to do it we didn't have any expectations at all and um, certainly you never expect to win something like that just mm-hmm. because it's it's a huge honor and um, yeah we're just really excited to perform next year and that was a the highlight of Clifftop I think for all of us yeah you yeah you guys um, I mean in, instrumentally beautiful but your voices that's like it was just lovely that's all I have to say about it it was you guys obviously have been playing music together for a while and know. about a year actually oh really yeah I just joined them about okay. a year ago well you play together like you've been playing for a really long time. Hell, it ain't even old timey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Between yeah, between you and those those ladles, they were awesome too. They were so good. I I totally would not have been surprised if they they took it down. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, one of these. Yeah. I think they'd just be difficult to judge. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm not competitive. And yeah, I really yeah. Just like competing. Yes. Because I don't really ever feel good if I win or lose. Either way, I just feel kind of like, you know, should I really won that or should I really lost that? Yeah. So I, I try yeah. to avoid competing. I mean, I don't compete totally. in a banjo or fiddle or anything yeah. individually. Um, and as a group, I mean, I was happy to do it and yeah. and happy to win. That was an yes. honor. But um, yeah, I'm not really that competitive. I bet that I bet that eats up the judges sometimes too. Just being like, I'm sorry, I just really like oranges. And, you know, if I'm right. comparing apples and oranges, I just happen to like oranges more. Right. I know that it's, you know. That contest in particular, I think. Just yeah. being Neotrad, there's yeah. some loose uh, looseness to the yeah. qualifications for what Neotrad is. It's an interesting that that is one of the um, things that you're judged on, on how, on, on the perfect, is it the perfect balance of Neo and Trad? Right. And what Trad is it, you know, and... Uh, it's an interesting element to the competition. Mostly it's just really nice because you, you get like this awesome show. Like <laughs> to just relax, re- relax your fingers for a minute mm-hmm. if you're not in the if finals. If you're not in the finals, yeah. right? I, my fingers were not relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Rehearsed, you know, like, if you make the top five, then you yeah. have, you know, a couple hours of yeah. rehearsal and prep. Um, and it was on guitar, so my fingers were sore. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we play another tune? Yeah, I'm, I'd be happy to sing one. We could do yes. the, um, the Bend of the East, Bend of the West. Yeah. Uh, that's one I like to sing because I've been lucky enough to go to the East and go to the West with old time music. And it is ex- around the world, you know, it exists. Wait, how how far East and West? So I was living in Sweden for five years. Right. And um, there's a huge old time bluegrass scene in Europe. It's just crazy. They, they really love it. And I think it's great because it really came from Europe and settled in the mountains and became traditional American music. Yes. And it returns over there in its current form, and they just, they love it. Yeah. They connect to it, you know, as uh, a lot of people do, which is what makes it so, makes it so great. Um, so I've been to the East and been to the West, been to Alabama, and D. I guess in, in this song, Alabama is just the one that's not east or west that's the center of the of the universe
just the center right there Those yeah <laughs> just like they do it in alabama that's how we do in alabama i've never been to alabama <laughs> me neither it's not for me it's not on the way to anything it's not no <laughs> for me right yeah no not for me either <laughs> yeah um let's uh let's go back zoom out 
how did you get into playing music in general and then old time music? Mm -hmm. What's that journey? That was about the same journey, really. My Great. my dad plays old time fiddle and uh, some guitar. You're so lucky. That's so nice. Yeah, I was really lucky, you know. And and when I was when I was growing up, uh, he and my mom they moved us out to the third holler on the left, and I did not grow up with uh, more than one channel on our television. Only if I walked way up on the hill and turned the antenna just right, we could get one channel. Can I ask which, which channel it CBS. was? CBS. CBS. So Saturday night television was um, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, man. That's, that's what I, and Saturday. I feel like all the pieces are falling into place. <laughs> Both my nurturing personality and my, like, badass ninja personality. It yeah. really comes from Saturday night television. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there wasn't a lot to do um, other than play music. And my dad told me I wasn't allowed to play the fiddle. It wasn't a toy and it was off limits. Yeah. Um, so I would sneak it out when he was at work. Was this re reverse psychology? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you knew my dad, he's very clever. Yeah. You'd understand. Um, so I had... And he knew that's how your brain worked. Absolutely. Because some kids are like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll never touch it ever, dad. No, I'm a Taurus. <laughs> I think they were banking on that, you know, the yeah. bullheaded. Uh, and I grew up, you know, my parents square danced when they were pregnant with me. Um, so, like, literally, mom danced on a Saturday, and I was born on Tuesday. Wow. And I was back at the dance in two weeks later, you know. So I, I'd always been hearing fiddle tunes, uh, and I was singing. So I, I picked out a fiddle tune that had been in my head. Yeah. I was about eight. Uh, you don't remember it, which one it was, I do. do it was Old Joe Clark. Oh, wonderful. But it wasn't a tune my dad played. <laughs> So okay, it yeah. was a fiddle tune that I picked up from from the air, you know, from wherever it's square dance or something. And uh, and I remember he came home from work and I said, Dad, look, I can play your fiddle now. <laughs> you know, and he sat there looking a bit cross yeah. as I scratched through old Joe Clark. And, yeah. and his response was, well, I reckon you can keep that fiddle if you want. I have another one in the closet. And that was that. And he said, I'll teach you a couple <laughs> tunes if you want. Uh, and then about two weeks later, he said, now, if you're going to keep that fiddle, I think you need to learn to play the guitar. Uh -huh. So I don't always have to back you up so we can trade. Yeah. So I was kind of tricked into learning it yeah. and blackmailed into keeping it Yeah. Uh, and, and into playing the guitar. You know, so um, I, I learned the two instruments simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And when I think about fiddle tunes on fiddle, there is a, always an overlapping layer of the chord structure, yeah, um, which I think is really useful in, in leading jams. Yes, yes, certainly. So, and that's one of the things that I mean. Just I love to lead jams. Yeah, I'm just as happy to play guitar and like stay out of the way and let other people lead the jams. But I ended up in my hometown growing up. Um, really, before I was, I was a good fiddler at all. I just was a loud fiddler, so mm -hmm. I was put in that that position to to lead jams and. Um, Sometimes I was the only fiddler, so I just kind of had to learn how to do that. And playing guitar has really helped in that. Um, yeah, and just in this jam tonight, I was seeing you lead changes from the fiddle in a, in a much more graceful way than I've seen a lot of other fiddlers play. And that makes a lot of sense. It comes from your guitar playing. Yeah. Because uh, as necessary as it is sometimes, there's nothing worse than just a fiddler going, four... Six, 
six. It's a six. <laughs> it's just awful. No, and I, I actually like to use a, a body motion for one way or the other. Like, oh. if, so I'll lean, which you know I didn't have to do tonight at the jam because they're great musicians. Yes. Um, oftentimes, if people don't know the tune, um, or if I'm leading a jam workshop, I'll lean one way for four and lean another way for five. Now, does every do you establish beforehand? No, but they can usually. They know. They'll, yeah, they'll know, intuitive. and if they don't figure it out, yeah. I'll give them like the hairy eyeball. Yeah, and they'll, you know, or I'll, I'll lean in and just be like. Do you always lean? I'm sorry, yeah. to nitpick this. Do you always lean the same way for four and five? Mm-hmm. Why? To just, not confuse myself. Okay. Like, I feel the four is over here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm left, wondering. And then like, I feel the five. Do you have some sort of like uh, synesthesia where yeah, the subdominant is. <laughs> I, I over have. In this. I have some shape oriented. Yeah. Um, relationship with every tune. Yeah. So they're all shapes and they're layered with the different instruments and the shape of the same tune on, on different instruments have slightly different but related shapes. Yeah. So they're kind of overlapped and that's how I... Sometimes if someone says, can you play such and such tune, I won't remember it on the fiddle until I think about the shape of it on the banjo and then I'll just translate it over to, yeah. to fiddle. So. Yeah, it's funny how so much is expected of... <laughs> You know, old time musicians trading instruments and learning all these like completely. And even just for a fiddler, you have to know so many different tunings so many. and so many different shapes. But I play everything in standard tuning. Oh, interesting. I do. Yeah. Does uh, that limit your options at all? Or? I don't think it limits. Yeah. No. I mean, they're definitely, I, it's harder to get that lovely open ring yeah. of a cross A fiddle. I mean, I'll, I have a fiddle and I'll leave it cross A, um, but I only travel with one right now because I don't have a double fiddle case and yeah. I'm usually carrying a guitar and right. banjo or you know so I just I only have one fiddle and I don't like tuning it up and down so when we were playing calico earlier That's you were just standard. like Mm-mm, yeah. no could you tell uh no <laughs> mostly just because I was trying to play calico for the first <laughs> time and I didn't know what I was doing but uh, I'm sure I wouldn't have been able to tell otherwise unless I was looking at your fingers and right. it's like, that doesn't make sense. That makes it difficult sometimes for me learning tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people are in different tunings, I'll watch their fingers for a minute and I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't look. Don't look. You know, yeah. just use, the, use my ears. It's usually best. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps. But sometimes looking is nice, you know, and I, if I don't know the chords, sometimes it's nice to look at the guitar player that, you know, is playing the right chords. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Um, yeah, what's next on the uh, s- surprise set? Oh, the surprise set. Well, yeah. there are all sorts of great detunes. Um, so the first one we did over the waterfall, I forget. I did not mention that what I love about that tune and what I love about many of the tunes on this list is they're like happy dorky tunes, Yeah, which are my favorite kind of tunes. Great. Yeah, it is like really happy dorky kind of chestnut tunes that, that everyone knows. And I've found, not for every tune, but I, I found versions of these tunes that I really like to play. Yeah. When you've played something for 25 years, it's like, oh, Golden Slippers again. Mm-hmm. But I put it in the key of D, and now it's way more fun. Right. For example. Funny story about that Over the Waterfall. That's the first tune I ever learned, and I learned it, I feel like, at that unique spot where it was, everyone knew it, but no one played it. Yeah. Because it was quote unquote overplayed, an uncool tune. Yeah, and so that was I was going to all these jams and you know calling it, and people were like, "I haven't played that in forever," but everyone knows it, right? You know? So and they enjoy it because they don't yeah. play it so much. Yeah, there. and they're like, "Oh, that was great! I haven't played that in so long." 
Um, Over the Waterfall was one of the first tunes I learned also from my mom yeah. who played the dulcimer. Um, so I have a, also a whole dulcimer background. As a child, there was... Oh, um, are we talking lap or hammers? Hammered, hammered Very dulcimer. good. <laughs> um, so there was this, this lady uh, local named Patty Lumen who played the hammer dulcimer and she taught lots of people. She had like a, a cult following of dulcimer <laughs> students in this area and they would have quarterly dulcimer conventions yeah. because annual is not enough so every no three, no no <laughs> like every three months at least quarterly <laughs> how many dulcimers would be in a room a lot oh like, my god like 30 40 30 40 in a room yeah and a gymnasium just yeah. the echo and all the strings and it was um, a very formative musical experience for me <laughs> <laughs> I think all I'm going to say about formative, that. yeah, formative. I love hammer dulcimers. I can't imagine any old time jam with just like forty of the same instrument. Yeah, going, I was the only fiddle in that. In fact, my mom. This is so funny. There's a book on my shelf called Mountains of Music, and it was put together by John Lilly, who he did this Golden Seal. Who's the editor of Golden Seal magazine in West Virginia for years and years, and he assembled this book with all these different West Virginia old time musicians and. Um, my mom was visiting last month and flipping through this book. And she said, Rachel, come here. Is this you? <laughs> and it was me, uh, maybe like 14 years old. Yeah. Um, it was just the back of me. You could see my long hair. And I was sitting in a gymnasium facing. I was the only fiddle. And I was facing all the dulcimers. And that's the, the viewpoint of this photograph. And I had never noticed in this book. I've had this book for 10 years. And I never noticed it was me. Um, but there is proof of all the dulcimers. Um, but, you know, they have potluck. Yeah. And as a kid, this was great because, I mean, potluck means um, no one's watching how many cookies I eat. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, taking my son to potlucks are <laughs> the worst. Because he's tall enough now and he, like, right. yeah, and he's smart enough to know that, like, if I give him grapes, he's just, like, I know there's better stuff up yeah. there. I tried to give him a grape earlier, and he took it from me, and he put it right back down on the yeah. table. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun thing to smash. <laughs> All right. So one of the happiest, dorkiest tunes of them all is Golden Slippers. Yeah. I have not played this in D. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> See, happy dorky makes you smile, right? <laughs> oh man, you smiled the whole time. That was great. That was that was nice. That was really fun. You know, come all the way from Philly down to <laughs> down here just to play another Philly tune. Is that a Philly tune? I don't know if it is. Speci- it is. Yeah, I know that. The you know about the Mummers. Um, I just recently learned about them. I I met a fella from yeah. Baltimore who. Uh, describe what that is yeah yeah it's real complicated <laughs> and like, like... <laughs> yeah i mean to put a long story short it's like my first experience i lived i've lived in philly for five years and like i went to the mummer's day parade they don't do new year's eve in philly they do new year's day hard okay like day drink all day and they have these um these uh they're kind of marching bands but they're and it's on New Year's Day outside, uh, four string banjos, uh, saxophones, and marching upright basses, and sometimes accordions. It's because they're day drinking. That's what it is. It's because they're day drinking. <laughs> and it's like all of these, like, you know, um, uh, <laughs> like these paunchy, uh, politically conservative, like, you know, South Philly and Fishtown dudes uh, just decked out in sequence and feathers it's and like banjos and banjos nice. it's like all of their like ca- it's like all their catholic repression is just like gone like just for one day and they just like let it out and it's like jazz hands <laughs> but it's it, it coming from the weirdest place and yeah and they they play the hell out of that tune and it's often super racist which i guess this tune is also but is it <laughs> yeah well, it was an old minstrel tune, so, it, you know, just, like, it's hard to say if it was specifically racist or just of has an a era. racist... Op- yeah, of an era, you know, but... But, uh... Mummers play this tune a lot. Mummers play this tune. That's great. <laughs> I play this tune a lot. I really like this tune. It's really it's really nice. It's really fun. And it, fall, it, well, it falls under my happy dorky category. Happy dorky. And something people usually know that's not... The simplest list on tune on the list of things people know. For example, um, I will play Angeline the Baker, but if I had my choice, I would play Soldier's Joy. And I will play Soldier's Joy, but if I have my choice, I'll play Blue Eyed Gal. Yeah. Um, and I'll play Blue Eyed Gal, but if I have my choice, I play Golden Slippers. Do you have this all on a flow chart? I do. I have a whole flow chart going on in my head all the time. Absolutely. Uh, And there are tunes that I will relate to other tunes, but in different keys. So Needle Case, for example, Mm -hmm. I think is a great jam tune because it's the same shape in the A and the B part. So the rhythm section can get it right and then they they have it. And you just, you can't, you don't leave that path. You just play that shape. Um, And I find Needle Case is a successful jam every time it never ever has failed me uh so that's the needle case of d yeah but in g you have to have like the needle case of g what is the needle case of g roscoe is kind of the needle case of g or uh big Coyote, though it has nothing to do with the shape of it it's just a tune that you always mean the kind role of that it plays in that key yeah in a jam yeah i see what you mean yeah, yeah. roscoe is a good one or yeah. uh, big Coyote always wins you know, A, Waterbound, um, Liza Jane. Yeah. Always a winner. Like, it's such a sweet tune, and everyone plays it, 
but no one ever thinks, oh, I really want to play Liza Jane. Yeah. They think, oh, I really want to play, um, what was that silly tune that I tried to play earlier? Jailbreak that like, you know, like this tune is the hardest tune that no one could ever learn. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I like playing the happy dorky tunes that yeah. everyone succeeds on and yes. it, it really results in that group transcendent yeah. moment in the jam and everyone's happy and they're like, yes, that was the best Liza Jane ever. Yeah, I like that you I like that you put this thought into it because it's like, yeah, some every tune has its, you know, sort of checks and balances and like even like Big Saudi, you know, everyone plays that. But are you going to do the four first or the six first, you right. know, like and every and there's like pitfalls in that one, too, you know, and then like. Uh, yeah, you just have to sort of decide and then try to try to get everyone to listen and to agree on what you're doing. Yeah. At least to an extent where you're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. I've found Big Saturday tends to be fairly consistent. And if someone has strong feelings about the chords, they will speak up. And I, don't, I mean, I don't care. I don't, I don't in any way have chords that I must have. Yeah. Um, I have chords that I like. Yes. But it's not, um, it's not imperative that it be my chords. Right. In order for it to be successful, I don't. I don't feel like um, that. That isn't important to me as much as it working for everybody. Right. And being inclusive in that way, because if if one guitar player is playing this set of chords and one guitar player is playing that set of chords on the big Saudi, yeah, that banjo player is going to have a bad time mm-hmm. because he's just not going to know what chords right. to to find. The the fiddle player is still kind. of, I mean, it'll work, you know, but. It kind of excludes. So yeah, agreeing is important. Here's, here's while we're on that topic, here's a inclusion question for you. There's a wow there, animal out there. There is. It's, 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 yeah. it's Ron Buchanan bear. It's Ron Buchanan bear. <laughs> uh, so while we're on that topic, uh, in, inclusion question. Earlier you were talking about um, your distaste for... Um, djembe players and old-time jams not for the people not for the player but djembe playing in old-time jams right if someone can tastefully and play it with open ears right and and play something that complements and works with old-time music right at a volume that is not disruptive yes i'm totally down i i'm i'm i like fusion music yeah but it's not a drum circle right (laughs) and i guess how do you, when you're trying to include some people who want to do something that is going to exclude others, but maybe it's just super cool, like, you know, I guess I don't necessarily know what role you play in most jams. I guess you're, I guess you, professionally you play guitar, but you're probably playing fiddle in a lot most, of jams. Mostly fiddle, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, how do you, like, let's say there's like a awesome Celtic guitarist. Mm-hmm. And they're just like going all up and down the neck. Right. And they're playing um, secondary dominance and like open and sus chords and stuff like that. And uh, you're starting to feel like it's encroaching on the ability of some of the members of the of, of the jam right. to be able to hang. And it's turning into a smaller session with an audience. What do you do? <laughs> right. So the language is really important as to not hurt said person's feelings yes um so i might say something like 
um, well, I would introduce myself. Yeah. <laughs> and say, hi, I'm Rachel, you know, nice to meet you. And thanks for coming to our old time jam. Yeah. Um, so have you been, have you played much old time before? Yeah. Um, and then depending on that answer, like, no, I've never played old time before. I'm like, oh, would you like to know more about how uh, to play a guitar that fits into this style of music? Right. Um, or if they say something like, yeah, I've played lots of old time yeah. music. Uh, I would, <laughs> you have to respond honestly to that. Oh, but you're playing Irish style guitar. Yeah. And if it's important to them that they do that. Right. Uh, I then, you know, might suggest um, something like, how would I word that? Like, I get the feeling that it might be disruptive Right. Um, but we don't want you to to stop playing with us. Yeah. But maybe we can find a compromise or a way that you could play with us that doesn't, um, you know, take away from what we're trying to do. This yeah. is an old time jam. And usually people are really receptive. Yes. Um, and I think that people want to do the right. They want to fit in and, right. and be agreeable. Yeah. And if they don't, uh, it... it it can be a tricky situation to handle, yeah. uh, and I've been in a lot of situations like that. So I'm, I'm known. I, I'm have a reputation as being an open jammer. So people see me jamming, and they, they know that most of the time that is an open jam. Yes. Um, and if it's not, you would notice. I would be knee to knee with someone, or I would have it right. kind of closed off. But in general, I like to to be open. Right. So um, I have had to deal with some problematic people you know and i i just try to do it in the nicest way and that is inclusive that doesn't um say dude come on yeah yeah but this is you know to state like hey we're glad you're here you're totally welcome to be here but this is what we're doing yeah and um you know it would be great if you would would try to to fit in with what we're doing if you don't know like there is this this guy with the guitar that showed up um at a jam i was at and he was playing one chord just one. Which one? It was the one. He was like the one. Okay. At least it was that. Right. And, um, and, and I just introduced myself and I suggested that, um, that his one chord was really great. He had great rhythm, but there are yeah. normally three chords to most of the tunes that we're playing. Yeah. And if you don't know when those chord changes are, just watch this guy here. Yeah, yeah. You know, he'll help you out. And I nudge my buddy. He's like, yeah, man, you know, really inclusive and really cool yeah. about it. Um, and then that guy said something like, yeah, I really like bar chords, man. And I, <laughs> and I said something like, I really like right chords, man. Yeah. And that, then I felt bad because I was kind of snarky. But like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't always do or say the right thing either. But I try yeah. to make it like giving them an opportunity yeah, to yeah. do the right thing because most people want to do the right thing and, and totally. to do something that contributes to the jam rather than detracts from it. Right. Man, I'm just realizing how just like non-confrontational I am and how like awkward this, just even talking about this is making me feel like, <laughs> just because I haven't, I haven't been playing all time. I'm still figuring out just my own etiquette and like how to like, like, I don't know. I've been just had a few times recently where I've invited someone to a jam that I was in because I thought that it was open. Right. And I guess that it wasn't. But it's like, well, I'm in this jam. Why can't it be? Why can't I decide that it's open? And then 
and then all of a sudden I'm building some sort of uh, reputation of am I in closed jams or open jams? It's like I don't know. And then people are having these, like even just you saying I have this reputation of being an open jammer. It's like that idea that all these people have this expectation in this high context culture of old time music. It's really stressful. We're talking about it in such a frank way. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's just people whacking away at instruments. And yeah. It's, it is know, it's people's deal, music. But... You know, it is, it's music of the people. It's, yeah. it's, we play it for ourselves. We're not yeah. putting it on a stage. I mean, we do, people do, yeah. uh, I perform as well, but when I sit down to play to make music, yeah, I'm not doing it for anybody other than the people I'm with and myself. Yes, yes. You know, it's it's not for some greater good of the universe. It's just for um, this is a great moment to share something, and yeah. and and that sharing aspect is what um, not everybody wants to share with everybody. Yeah, and and that's part of it. That's part of the culture. You know, like you know, I I'm sure it's like that in every genre of music. Right. Right. You know. Um, or like way, way more like that in most other genres. Possibly, I would, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, I think old time is more inclusive than a lot of other yeah. genres. And and I think once you get into the community and you you meet some people, you're like, oh, my buddy, you know. And and yeah. it's it old time is um, it gives people of all levels of musicianship the ability to play with people of all levels. Yeah. Which is how you get better anyway. Yes. You know? and, and you can really, in a place like Clifftop, I had somebody describe it once, um, heard them say, where, what other kind of music uh, exists where you can go to a festival for that music and be camping next to your heroes? Yeah. And have them be accessible to you, you know? And I, I, I like that <laughs> about old time music too. It's very accessible uh, comparatively to other yeah. kinds of music. Yeah. The, uh, I went to Ossipi like three or four years ago. And it was, you know, mostly a performance mm-hmm. kind of festival. And yeah, I just remember feeling like I want to jam with these people, but they're in the like green room tent not kind of thing. Right. And they're behind a, a thing. There's not like a bouncer there, but it's like, yeah, ah, oh, it's just like... You didn't have the magic bracelet to get back there. I didn't and have like, the magic bracelet. Yeah. And yeah, Clifftop's so cool that you can just like, if you have the audacity to just like introduce yourself you know that you can play with these people and a lot of them are really really generous and i think that's important i mean i always try to be generous too because it it wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do it for a living for example if i weren't yeah i mean i think that that being accessible and and helping people to learn helping them play well helping them have a good jam and all that conversation and fun that happens in between, that's really kind of what's special. Just the yeah. community of friendship. Um, I mean, I want to say the music is first, but it's probably secondary to to the community and right. at large that exists. Yeah, I mean, you could even say just the music is the holistic ex- experience. It can't, it's not a what's in first or second place. It's like all one. It's all one. All one thing, you know, like, um, yeah. Sometimes I like. Sometimes I like to say that like it's it's not like you're not really experiencing like the music unless you can like smell the person <laughs> that you're playing with. Oh man, I've done that so many times. <laughs> man, I smelled so bad at Clifftop this year. 
I showered once. Oh my gosh. It was awful. And I was like interviewing all these people for the show. I was like, ah, I hope I'm not like distracting them. Right. So everyone listening to your podcast, they can't tell. <laughs> no. Like... Probably, I don't know. I'm probably No, fine I think now. you're good. I, <laughs> okay. it's, it's so late, I can't smell anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're too tired to smell. So I'm too tired to smell. All right. Let's play another tune. All right. Let's do. Um... I would like to do the Richmond Blues in G. Great. Let's go to G land real Let's quick. Let's go to G land. <sighs> You're already in standard. You don't need to do yeah, anything. I just, I yeah, I just say put. I don't I move around much. Very I can probably check my tuning. Right. <laughs> that was one of the things that um, Jay and I were talking about earlier is uh, tuning etiquette. Yeah. Which is, a, you know, not everyone has a really sharp ear. Yeah. And a lot of people use snarks, which are, I think, inaccurate tuners. Um, I, I think that's actually a big joke that that company played on the world. They made these really super fashionable tuners in all different colors that look really cool, they yeah. don't work, and got the whole world to buy one. Yeah. Or five. I mean, because <laughs> they're like five uh-huh. bucks. Um, so, you know, a lot of times if, if uh, I hear someone in, in the jam out of tune, rather than saying, hey, you're out of tune, Yeah. Um, I could do the, the subtle, uh, let me hear your A. Can I hear your A? Yeah, and I'll start hitting yeah. my A, and they clearly won't match. Yeah, yeah. And it's the funniest reaction. But anytime a fiddler is playing a string, yeah. they must be tuning it. Like they just, right, right. Whether it's it needs it or not. So start hitting that string, and either I'll adjust mine if I'm out of tune, or I'll just look like I am. Meanwhile, they're reaching for their string tuning, adjusting, and poof, we're suddenly in tune. I'm like, perfect, nice, that's great. Yeah. And it works. Uh, and sometimes it's me, and I'll fix my tuning. And in every few tunes, I did it earlier tonight, I'll turn on my tuner, uh, and I'll check my tuning. Yeah. Because whether I need it or not, uh, it's good etiquette, and it reminds other people to check, because the instrument's good at tune. Yeah. So it's important to just, you know, just to check that I'm in tune. So I just... Yep, pretty good shape. So um, I'm going to sing the Richmond Blues. Do you know it? Mm. All right. So here's the the rundown. It's one part. Okay. Which is all you need. Uh, and it's <laughs> it starts on four, four one five one, and okay. just over and over. So it's it's really obvious, and you'll. And that's the other thing that I will do if I'm if I'm leading a tune that nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, either give that quick rundown, and or just point out the notable things. Yeah. Like this tune has a really long extra beat yes and that's all they need to know because you know the part of the organic nature of it is that you kind of figure it out right but if you don't have any sort of framework to figure out the most difficult things um it's just it's gonna be like crickets you know yeah one person trying to play a tune and like a bunch of glazed looks or they'll all be trying to learn it at once and i'll be playing it like really really (laughs) wrong You're going to end up talking about it one way or another. You might as well t- like before. have a succinct before or else everyone's going to be like, now, how many beats was that? You know, right. That, and then yeah, you talk about it after. That's a great point. Big old long winded, you know. Right. So just tell <laughs> the truth. Just yeah. Tell it how it is and, and hope for the best. <laughs> Eloquently put. <laughs> Thank you. 
One part's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Good blues. So it's not happy and dorky, but maybe still dorky, like falls in that category. If I don't get killed, is that what yeah, it's like dark and yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what I would love to do if I don't get killed. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good lyrics. Oh, I thought you were actually going to tell me something you want to do if no. you don't get. Oh, it's just okay. no. <laughs> I was waiting. No, I have a story about you. My the first time, I I don't know if I actually met you, or. Someone may have said, oh, that's Rachel Eddy. Or maybe I was talking with someone and you came up. It was like three cliff tops ago. Not this last one or the one before. One before that. Okay. Banjo contest. And uh, someone asked you, we were all waiting in line. And what are you playing for the banjo contest, Rachel? And you said <laughs> something, to the, something to the effect of, um, uh, I'm playing... Angeline the Baker, because I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I would be disqualified because it's you know it's a Stephen Foster song, so they would disqualify you for that. Possibly, yeah. Huh? Maybe. That's, you... That was my thought, but yeah. I played it really poorly anyway. So like, yeah. I remember being like, "That's a good Angeline the Baker." Oh, you're I remember thanks, liking it. Chucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, it's funny. That was my first impression. That was, first that was my impression first impression of you. Is being like. I'm going to go up there and play Angeline the Baker. And uh, whoever I was with said something to the effect of, like, um, she she doesn't have to do that. She could play something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I did not make the top five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to not. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense now that I'm, like, getting to know you more, <laughs> like, your your style. And I appreciate that. I always kind of um, appreciate people who enter contests who are very earnestly like, I don't really care, but they're still entering it because it's like you value the participation. Yes, I do. And like the tradition of entering like a string band contest. Or right. a, a lot of those know. those festivals wouldn't exist if it weren't for people yeah, competing. Yeah, it's true. Um, Mount Airy is a really great example as well. Mm -hmm. And and the way that one's set up, have you been to Mount Airy? Only the only uh, two years ago. Yeah. Okay, and I remember. I think we met then, possibly. Um, yeah, you were playing with Hillary and and Jane. And Jane, right? Yeah, you guys had a little band. That was, was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so there you wait in line. You don't get a number, and I kind of yeah. like that yeah. as well because it has this really nice social aspect as you're waiting in line. You know, you're just yeah. you're not talking to the people who happen to have the number next to you or as you're standing in the sun or in the heat waiting for your turn so you can go back to your camp and have a beer yeah but there's something um really special that happens in that waiting yeah period it's like oh we're waiting in this together to participate in this contest that we most likely will not win because really locals kind of take that contest down you know but people they still do. they do <laughs> it's yeah. like participate it's important you know yeah so i mean i feel like cooktop has got a, a wider brushstroke of what will win yes yes um, which is great because my friend uh, Ludwig from Stockholm got second place in banjo <laughs> this year and I just thought that was that was really exciting that he was able to do that yeah it was really exciting he when I when he 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 played so beautifully for the the, the very first round and he came 
he was having a bad day and he came down and he was like oh, i played so awful and, and like that was terrible and then next thing next time i saw him he had gotten second place so i was like ludwig played, <laughs> played pretty bad in that first round yeah huh? really bad man <laughs> he's like yeah i guess it was pretty good <laughs> he's really brilliant and it's it's his great example of some of the europeans playing old-time music yeah. that they it is definitely in their nature to to do something well whatever mm-hmm. it is that they do um whatever their hobby is or their job is they don't half-ass things yeah. um because their needs are being met <laughs> So they right. have time. To, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They have time to yeah. learn instruments and yeah. to focus on those things and and there's just some really great players and he's just a great example of yeah. of um of someone who who got the old time bug and oh, makes he got the, it so hard, the, didn't he? He did. <laughs> and there are so many. You know, there were like 13 Swedes at Clifftop this year. Um I mean so many people make that pilgrimage every year just yeah. for that one festival, just to camp you know, in the woods on a mountaintop in the rain yeah. for a week yeah. and play tunes you know, and, and be uh, nearby and have access to people you really admire. And, you know, it's uh, you just you leave learning so much. Um, and I think the cultural exchange is probably a lot of fun for them, too. Cause, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I think that Americans are really excited to see any foreigner playing old time music. Certainly. Because it, you know, almost died out here. And the fact that it's thriving around the world is is really exciting yeah has anyone heard from that sarangi player from like a couple of years ago that nepali ne, ne, nepali nepalese oh, the throat singer or was he a throat singer was it no maybe I'm he played sarangi that like uh i don't know if it's the the fiddle from nepal oh and he had that pickup band and they played like a traditional tune from nepal and then he played on like a cuckold hen or something in right. the contest. And he was doing throat singing as well. I, they won, right? The Neo Trad. They got like a third or fourth or something. Okay. Yeah. But they were in the in the finals. Yeah. yeah, it's really yeah, it's I think it is really accessible. Like when you're doing folk music, um you can kind of share it anywhere because it's all about what makes sense to your to your body you know to the human body what makes like sense to do and you know everyone like accesses that differently around the world but you know there's some things that are the same you know everyone plays as far as i know everyone plays a pentatonic scale you know right and there is a folk music really promotes that like intuitive playing yeah or listening with open ears you know or playing with open ears yeah. um, you're really great at that you're really responsive and you you play with open ears uh and which is fun for me to play too because i'm sure i've never played these tunes like this before i don't think me neither <laughs> right and that's i think that that's one of the the magic things about old time music is that yeah. um you know big Siody in this jam is gonna be different from big Siody in that jam is gonna be different yeah. from you know so on and so forth you want to play big Siody? yeah let's okay. play big Siody. i think this is gonna be our uh yeah this is our last one all right thanks so much for doing this it's my pleasure i've had a blast thank you for yeah, having me yeah please drive safe yeah i will I, I think i'll make you know i'll be home before we don't want to talk about that yeah, yeah but honestly like i've had so much coffee that half i also had a half gallon cup of coffee over here yeah and I've, i'm a little jittery so i'm sure i'll just get i'll be yeah yeah no one seems to be asleep here <laughs> All right, so um, the turtle is asleep. Oh, what, one more thing before yeah. we... What do you want to, like, plug? How do people... Um, 
hire you to do hire you to do stuff or listen to you when you're not there. Sure. By um, means of recordings. Absolutely. So uh, I have a website. Yeah. It's racheleddymusic.com. Um have a a number of records that you can either download digitally or order through um, CD Baby or through me directly. Yeah. So I, I recorded in 2008 Hand on the Plow. Um, I moved to Nashville for a year and a half and I did like the stereotypical move to Nashville, make a record, go broke, move home. Great. <laughs> um, and that was a super great year and a half and I, I got to play, you know, I hired some amazing players for that record and yeah. um, some of my heroes, which was yeah. really exciting. And uh, I made a record in... Stockholm right before I left to 2014 called Nothing But Corn. And I have a couple other records sprinkled in and out of there. And I'm I'm performing with the Early Maze right now. Yeah. And we're going in the studio at the beginning of December. So um, keep your eyes peeled oh, for boy. that. The earlymaze.com is, is that website. And um, it's a project I'm just really excited about and I'm proud of. And then um, I just recorded with Brad and Ken Claudner also this year. And their record's being released um, the day after Thanksgiving. So there's gonna be a big party here in Baltimore for that. And, um, they got that Black Friday record. <laughs> <laughs> Get it before it's gone. It's perfect stocking stuffers. Yeah, some people call it Buy Nothing Day. You know, in like pro- in uh, protest of Black Friday. Right. I think now it should be Buy Nothing, but the local music Ken and, and Brad, art and yeah, <laughs> nothing but Ken and Brad CD. That's right. Yeah. That's a great thing to buy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can. I'm 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 Googleable. Yeah. <laughs> But don't go to racheleddy.com, racheleddymusic.com. Right, right, because I used to have racheleddy.com and, and somehow lost that website. And now this other person named Rachel Eddy owns it, but they spell their name differently. But they have my spelling of racheleddy.com. What? And I haven't been able to get it from them. They won't sell it to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Her name's Rachel Eddy, just different spelling. But, but your spelling... Not my spelling. But she, but the, oh, the yeah, URL she, is... Yeah. What? Isn't that weird? So, Rachel Eddy Music, <laughs> it's just not a battle I was able to fight at the time. And um, yeah. I am definitely someone who, who will choose my battles. You yeah. know, like, if the if the djembe shows up in the jam, yeah. I will try to make peace, not war. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't work, I'll just leave. Yeah, it's like not my problem. Not not my fight. I'm not gonna get into this right now. So. All right, thanks again. Let's yeah. play this big sigh. Big sigh.
So, I pushed this episode to the front of the line because Rachel Eddy's band The Early Maze is in the final days of a Kickstarter for their new album, and you should pre-order your copy now. You know how Rachel has the sweetest singing voice ever? Imagine that perfectly blended in three-part harmony singing some of the most thoughtful, emotive folk music currently being written. That's the early maze. I was there when they competed in the finals at Clifftop. I felt the energy in the air change. I think everyone started breathing slower and deeper. You ever witnessed something like that? It's like they were yogis. They're the real deal, is what I'm trying to say. Please support this music. Go to theearlymaze.com. Maze is spelled M-A-Y-S. And click on the pop-up link in the lower right uh, to go to their Kickstarter. I also recommend going to racheleddymusic.com to check out her upcoming shows and buy her solo albums. Finally, go to kenandbrad.com and pre-order the Kolodner's new album, The Swift House, in which Rachel is prominently featured. If you want to support Get Up in the Cool and get access to exclusive bonus content and uh, exclusive bonus gratitude, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. Or just click the direct link in this episode's description on your podcatching app or on the Facebook post. Have you liked Get Up in the Cool on Facebook yet? I make a post for every episode and include links to my guests' different projects and my Patreon. Sometimes fun conversations spring up about the show that maybe you'd like to partake in. Also, when you see Get Up in the Cool posts, you can click that share button and tag a friend who you think would be interested. Before I go, I want to make a shout out to former guest of the show and recent birthday girl, Deb Justice. Sorry I couldn't make it to your party. I rear-ended someone and it was totally my fault, so I didn't have a car to drive. I also want to make a shout out to future guests of the show, maybe, and uh, also birthday girl, Ian Tran. I am coming to your party, whether I find a ride or have to take the mega bus, it's going to happen. I'm not missing two old-time birthday parties in a row. The FOMO is too powerful. Thanks for listening, friends. I'm going to post one more episode in 2016, then take a little breather for the holidays. And by take a little breather, I mean record a handful of episodes while I'm in Portland, Oregon, hanging out with my family. Come back same time next week for more Get Up in the Cold.